This is Veteran Legislative Voice. This is Steph Collada and episode two titled, Here We Go Again with Another Crisis, Government Shutdown Edition. In case you don't know, I'm a retired Army Reservist and former military technician. In other words, a government civilian. I was a government employee from 2011 to 2019, so I experienced my fair share of government shutdowns, countless continued resolutions, and even the furloughs of 2013. Even before that, I remember being told last minute to not come into drill like the week of the scheduled drill weekend because of the government budget approval issues. Government shutdowns in the past really impacted our military and veterans. In 2013, the government shutdown over the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, really impacted veterans. So much so that veterans went to D.C. to protest in what was called the Million Vet March on the Memorials. They were frustrated about the months of infighting in Congress over budgets and tens of thousands of furloughed employees. Not only that, VA disability payments stopped for the government shutdown, which, full disclosure, doesn't happen anymore. So they tore down barricades from closed monuments and piled them outside of the White House. One participant, Steve Nevels, said that they are our memorials and they belong to us. Unlike the January 6th incident, this protest was pretty much peaceful, except for a few scuffles between military and protesters in front of the White House. There was no reported arrests, and the protest involved between 100 and 200 people. But first, let's do a bit of background. We can all thank President Jimmy Carter for these government shutdowns. He had many arguments with Congress over various things about funding. So President Carter asked his Attorney General, Benjamin Civiletti, to examine government funding because before 1980, the government agencies would keep on working despite funding approvals with the hopes that Congress would sort out the funding. But then the Attorney General made a legal opinion based on the 1870 Anti-Deficiency Act, which stopped agencies from deliberately spending more than their allotted funding, thus pressuring Congress to give them more money. Since then, there have been multiple government shutdowns since 1980. Before the record-breaking 35-day government shutdown in President Trump's administration, the longest shutdown happened during President Clinton's. According to the GAO, the U.S. Government Accountability Office, Congress has only completed this process before the beginning of fiscal year three times in the last 47 years, most recently for fiscal year 1997. As I mentioned in the first episode, both chambers of Congress are thinly split with a 51-49 percentage spread. So certain extreme minorities hold more power than ever before. And the biggest example would be the 15 tries for the Republicans to elect a Speaker of the House. Currently, the government runs on 12 appropriation bills, which need to be passed before every new fiscal year, i.e. October 1st, the first day of every fiscal year. When a government shutdown happens, many federal employees' functions are closed, and the non-essential federal employees are furloughed. Essential employees would be paid once the government shutdown is over, while it's more up in the air about the non-essential folks. According to Bloomberg, in theory at least, a federal employee who works during a government shutdown but isn't supposed to could face fines and even a prison term under what's called the Anti-Deficiency Act. One of the appropriation bills that garners the most attention is the National Defense Authorization Act, otherwise known as NDAA. This bill is the broad catch-all for any funding related to the Department of Defense and also sometimes the Department of Veterans Affairs, like the Deborah Sampson Act. 
Oftentimes, smaller bills, like the Brandon Act mentioned in the last episode, gets attached to an NDA. This increases the likelihood of passing. This was also the case for the advances made for military sexual violence in previous NDAAs. For example, sexual harassment was officially added to the charges list of the Uniform Code of Military Justice because of the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act. Thankfully, VA disability and other entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare are now considered mandatory spending, so they won't be impacted by government shutdowns anymore. I mentioned Social Security because based on 2022 reports, over 8 million veterans received Social Security benefits, accounting for 14.5% of all adult beneficiaries. 14.5% is high when it's compared to the 2021 census data, which shows that only 6.4% of the U.S. population are veterans. So veterans are more likely to be a Social Security beneficiary. There are ways to starve off a government shutdown, and that's called continuing resolutions. These are temporary spending agreements in congressional bill format that allow funding for the continuation of government operations. Continuing resolutions, also known as CRs, are more common than you would think. According to the GAO, there have been 47 CRs between fiscal year 2010 and 2022. As I'm recording this segment, there has yet to be an approved CR for this upcoming deadline or the potential government shutdown. Now, if you think government shutdowns is a cost saver, please think again. While the government would get away from not paying furloughed employees, they're also not collecting fees like entrances to national parks and not paying bills. Yet they're still spending money to pay for the essential employees, the operating costs, and paying entitlement programs like VA disability and Social Security benefits. For the 2018-2019 government shutdown, the New York Times found that closures or reduced services at national parks like Joshua Tree in Southern California will mean that the park can no longer collect a $30 per vehicle entry fee for the roughly 10,000 visitors that may visit the park each day. The Park Service said that it lost about $7 million in revenue in the 2013 shutdown. The Smithsonian, whose museums and other entities were closed, lost about $4 million. The Obama administration estimated they lost $2 billion of productivity because of the furloughed workers. The other unexpected cost of a government shutdown is when the government owes bills to contractor companies because they're not being paid. The government would also owe interest. For example, in the same New York Times article, NASA was unable to pay a contracting company on time during the shutdown, and it will still have to pay it once operations resume plus some extra. According to the Treasury Department, the prompt payment interest rate for the first half of the year of the time was 3.625%. For this upcoming potential government shutdown, government and non-government agencies would also take a hit. The U.S. Travel Association warns that it would cost the U.S. travel economy as high as $140 million a day. That is because Americans are more likely to cancel or avoid air travel during a shutdown due to the possible flight delays and longer screening lines. Now, how does it affect the military and our veterans? Well, there are over 10,000 veterans employed at the TSA. More than 13,800 veterans are working in federal air traffic controllers, and a third of all airline pilots have military backgrounds. So directly, this affects our veterans by their employment. 
then indirectly, these costs would end up costing a greater deficit in what's collected in taxes. And since the military and our veterans depend on taxpayer money, you can see where this is going. So please do not believe any lies that may be said that they're saving government money because they're shut down. And yes, some politicians have tried the same argument before, like when the House GOP failed to elect its speaker. For example, Colorado Representative Lowen Boebert stated on MSNBC that she saw that the time lost due to the GOP speaker standoff was a good thing because Congress wasn't spending any money they don't have, and that taxpayers are actually winning because Congress wasn't organized. But I'm sorry, that's not how things work. The funding that they're currently running on was previously approved in the previous congressional session, managed by its previous speaker, Nancy Pelosi. So all the GOP was doing was wasting its time. Speaking of wasting time, let's talk about what happened last week. Twice, the House failed to bring a vote to pretty much approve a debate to discuss the National Defense Authorization Act that needs to be passed by October 1st in a few days. So this National Defense Authorization Act was already written and approved by the House, and it had a lot of extreme right things included, like the restriction of reimbursing travel costs to receive abortion care for our military personnel. So when the House approved this bill, it was sent to the Senate. In the Senate, the majority is Democrats, not GOP. So they went through the bill and removed all of the extreme right policies. And then after they approved it, it has to go back to the House to approve the Senate's edits. And that's pretty much where we are left at because the people that had added the extreme right policies pissed that it got removed. And it's very possible that these extreme right policies will not be added back into the House bill. And that's why five Republicans voted against even just having a debate about the National Defense Authorization Act. They voted with the Democrats. Democrats voted against the bill because it's really a GOP-supported bill. And often the opposition political party will vote against the bill no matter what. It's extremely rare that these five Republicans even vote with the Democrats because their ideologies are so far apart. And that's where we're left at. We'll see how everything goes in the next week. And I might have to add a last minute episode just to add a little bit more information as things progress. And I'll leave you with this thought. Per President Obama at the time of 2013 government shutdowns, he said, we've got to get out of the habit of governing by crisis. Sadly, this is one habit that has yet to be kicked. Thank you, everyone. Be safe out there. And everything that I have referenced should be in the show notes. Send me a message of what you want to hear, what you want me to talk about. And thank you. Bye.